Hey guys, thanks for joining the Radiate Church podcast today. I'm Brandon, the lead pastor here at Radiate, and I'm honored that you jumped in to hear this message. I hope that it challenges you, inspires you, and leads you to the life God intends. Enjoy the message. closest friends on the planet and uh, he knew that my wife and kids and I were coming into uh, South Carolina we are from uh, originally from South Carolina I'm from Georgetown my wife is uh, from uh, Charleston and uh, he knew we were coming into town for vacation and he he called me up and he said would you be willing to to uh, speak for us today and I said absolutely I think it's been a uh, probably about two years, I think, since I've been here. And I said, absolutely. And so uh, it's an honor for me to be here. And so uh, you have to know me. I, like I wanted to do my research. I wanted to know who I was coming after, right? Because you don't ever want to come behind someone who preaches better than you. That's the way things are supposed to go, right? It's supposed to be like the worst preacher first, and then the then the better one, and then and then it keeps going until you get to the best one, right? And so I was like, what week am I? He said, you're week three. I said, oh, that's great. That means I'm on the upper uh, end of the scale. And then I went back and I, I listened to uh, <clears throat> week one of Remix and Pastor Mark Pangle. Didn't he do an awesome job? Man. He talked about honoring up, down, and all around. And uh, he did a, a marvelous job talking about how honor is not just what you do. It's who you are. Uh, that, that, that he has crowned, that God has crowned you with glory and honor. And so honor is who you are. He did an amazing job. And then, uh, and then Pastor Travis last week, uh, I, call, I called, yeah, go ahead. Give him a grand. Uh, I, called, uh, I called Pastor Brandon this past week and I said, dude, I said, Pastor Travis nailed it when he talked about uh, go big or go home. I said, uh, I was listening to the, to, to the message and, and I had to pause the message and, and, and leave my, uh, I watched it on Facebook, I left my Facebook app so I could make some notes uh, when, he, when he said that if Jesus died for the church, can't we give our lives to build it? Come on, you're going to go big or go home. And so I asked Pastor Brandon, I said, well, what, what is it that you want me to speak on? And he uh, he, he, he gave me a list of things and he said, here are the things that are left. I, you choose. And I'm going to be honest, I picked my favorite one. I found out uh, on, on the video from week one that uh, Pastor Mark has honor tattooed on his arm. Now week three, we're going to be talking about because we're radiate, we passionately worship. I have the word passion tattooed on my arm. Pastor Travis, <laughs> you got to go out this week and get something tattooed on you. <laughs> this is a theme, man. You got to stick with it. And, um, and so, man, it's, it's, it, I'm excited because I'm going to be honest. I am a worshiper. And if you knew me, uh, you would know that worship uh, is is a core thing for me. I, I, I love worship. It is a it is a big deal for us in our church um, because I believe that 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 worship isn't just a preliminary going into the main event in a church service. It 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 starts the main event, right? 
you, you, I had a pastor tell me one time like this. He said, he said, worship is the plow that cultivates the soil of your heart to receive the seed of the word. Come on, so if you just came in and waited for the songs to get over with so that you could hear a word from God, you, you probably gonna have a tougher time than those of us who walked in and actually worshiped because we cultivated our heart to prepare it to receive. And I have a word for you today and I want you to receive it because I believe that it's important that you understand that as a part of this church, we passionately worship. Turn me to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. If you're with me, shout amen. amen. You know, when I arrived at Abundant Life six years ago, um, they were very proud. Uh, they very proudly told me, uh, Pastor, we know you come from a, a pretty demonstrative church, but we are, uh, we like to call ourselves Bapticostals. <laughs> and, and, um, and I said, okay, well, let's see how that works out for us. And and, uh, and, and we have, over the few years that I've been there, uh, we, have, we, have, we have taught a new culture uh, to abundant life because we want folks to understand it's okay to say amen. amen. Or, or if you're not that religious, you can shout something else at me uh, as, long, uh, as long as it's appropriate, right? <laughs> if you don't like it, don't shout the things you don't like at me, okay? <clears throat> Acts chapter 16 the Bible says in verses 25 and 26, I'm going to read it and then we're going to launch off of this thing, all right? It says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much that you have created us to passionately worship you. And so, Lord, as we study your word today, as we look into what you're trying to speak to us today, help us to understand the why and the when of worship. So that when we, when we walk into these doors each and every Sunday, we don't wait to get pulled into worship but we walk in with worship on our lips. And Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, Amen. Amen. Worship has been a touchy subject for the church. I don't know if you've realized that or not. Uh, I don't know how many of you were actually raised in church versus how many of you have just recently gotten saved. But, but I was raised in church. I was born and raised in church. And worship has always been a touchy subject because for many people, worship has been about style. We called it in the church for years, we called it worship wars. We, we, we talked about traditional versus contemporary. I was raised in a church where, where we had very traditional worship. We sang out of the red back hymnal. Anybody ever sang out of a red back hymnal? We could tell you the page numbers. They didn't even have to tell us a song. They just said, we're going to sing from page 140 something. And we knew that was victory in Jesus. And we didn't pronounce it victory in Jesus. It was victory in Jesus. We started eliminating uh, certain, certain letters out of the words, right? And, 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 and worship had to do with a style. And I'm going to be quite honest. At that point in time, it wasn't even 
worship. It was song service. And what they did was they had, they basically had something to take up some time so that all the latecomers had time to get in before the pastor got up for the main event and brought the message. See, those of you who are nodding and yeah, 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 you've been there, right? For many people, worship is about style, whether it's, whether it's a, a, a choir or it's a praise team, whether it's a band or whether it's just an old upright piano. See, some of y'all ain't got, y'all have no clue. Y'all have no clue what I'm talking about. An upright piano, what? I've seen one of those gutted with a keyboard inserted. Y'all too young for me. Y'all, y'all ain't, y'all, <clears throat> right? Y'all ain't lived through what I've lived through, right? And so, and so here we are with folks who think that worship is about style. For others, it's about expression. You've got your Pentecostal worshipers. Any Pentecostals in the room? Don't identify yourself. Don't identify because because folk man folks will folk, folks folks will start looking at you strange. Pentecostal versus liturgical. Demonstrative versus contemplative. Loud versus quiet. For some, if you the Pentecostals are too loud. For the Pentecostals, the liturgicals are too quiet. Uh, we, we Pentecostals, we would we would get in there and we would have a time. Y'all don't know nothing about that, right? They have a time. We gonna have a time when we get over yonder. See, I told you, y'all don't know nothing about this. I'm gonna I'm about to bring some old school to this new school church up in here, and 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 and, and I'm gonna work your camera guy, and uh, and. Uh, and so, and so, but the liturgicals looked at us and they said, well, they're not reverent enough. Because for all of the above, worship had to do with expression. And while we've been sitting down here arguing over the what of worship, I think God is probably more concerned with the why and the when. Because for too many of us, we worshiped because that was the thing to do when you got to church. We clapped our hands because everybody else was doing it. We lifted our hands because everybody else was doing it. If we were in a more liturgical church, we would kneel because everybody else was doing it. We would stand reverently or we would sit because everyone else was doing it. And when the win of worship, man, we, we would only worship when we came to church because that's where you worshiped. But I found out that God is much more concerned about the why and the when than he is the what. Because if you get the why of worship right and you get the when of worship right, the what will take care of itself. And I think you'll find out that the word passionate in your core value is really the key term there because what God is looking for are people who will passionately worship him. It's all right for you to say amen up in here. And so, and so I want us for the next few minutes to look at the, the why of worship. Acts chapter 16, 25 and 26 said Paul and Silas, they were in prison and, and all of a sudden they, they were, it was midnight and they were, they were praying and they were singing hymns. Y'all realize that's not he'll fly uh, or I'll fly away. They weren't singing out of the red back hymnal. I know a lot of folks, they felt like the red back hymnal started with 
Paul and Silas, but they, they weren't singing. They were just singing worship songs. They were singing psalms to the Lord. And it says everybody around them was listening. There's a lesson in that. And it says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. Now what you need to understand is in scripture, whenever you see an earthquake, many times that is indicative that God has shown up. Like at the crucifixion in Matthew chapter 27 verses 51 and 52, what we find out is that Jesus died and there was an earthquake. God showed up on the scene. And what I found out is that when we passionately worship, God shows up. We don't worship to get through the song so that the preaching can come. We worship because when we worship, God shows up. And when God shows up, two things generally happen. Number one, Y'all with me? Shout one. one. I like it when folk talk back to me. I'm an interactive kind of preacher. So one, everybody shout one. one. All right, number one, what happens when God shows up is things die. Matthew 27, 50, Jesus, one translation says, gave up the ghost. One says that he, he, he passed, or he, he died. And when he did, there was a great earthquake. When God shows up, things die. Now, whoa, 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 pastor, what you talking about? Because we're here to introduce people to the life God intended, right? But some of you, you're in some relationships that God is intending to die. Some of you are pursuing some dreams that God never put his hand on, and he needs those dreams to die. Some of you got some friends that are leading you down some wrong paths and when God shows up, those friendships gone. Die. Not going to, they're gone. That's how we say in Oklahoma. Right? Because when God shows up, the things that are not driving you towards him, the things that are not driving you towards your purpose, the things that are not driving you in God's direction for your life, those things have got to die. But the second thing that happens when God shows up is things resurrect. If you look over in the very next verse, it says as soon as Jesus died, there was an earthquake. And when the earthquake happened, all of a sudden those who were dead in the graves came up out of the grave. The very next chapter, when Jesus resurrected, there was an earthquake so that the tomb the, the rock that the tomb was, was, was done in, it split. If you go to Israel today, you will see there is a crack in the rock from the earthquake when Jesus rose. And just like when you experience the presence of God because you've passionately worshipped, things in your life that are not like Him have got to die. There are some things in your life that you have given up on that God is trying to breathe life into. 
For some of you, you've got some dreams, you've got some purpose, you've got some things in your life that God is trying to breathe life back into that you've just kind of walked away from. But if you would get into his presence through worship, you would find that all of a sudden, the things that you had given up on, he'd breathe life into and you'd find renewed sense of purpose again. When we passionately worship, God shows up. How many of you ever heard this scripture? Psalm 22 and 3, the Bible says, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Enthroned in the praises of Israel. Now, the thing about that verse that really intrigues me is the word enthroned. It, 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 it literally means that you, you make a place... For God to dwell. You, let me put it another way. You build God a house to live in. Now here's the thing. Pastor, I need a lot of God's presence in my life. Right? I got, I got three kids. One about to be a teenager. Pray for me. Right? I got one, my youngest, she's not with me today. She's, she's back in Charleston, probably sitting in a hospital room with my wife. Uh, we've got some families in, 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 in the hospital, two family members in the hospital in Charleston. And, 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 and I've got a little daughter, and she's sitting in that room, and she's the cutest little girl on the planet. And y'all need to pray for me, because I need a lot of God, because I'm going to kill some boy someday. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill. Y'all going to read it in national news pastor from Oklahoma imprisoned for murder, right? <laughs> murder. <laughs> anyway, y'all don't know nothing about that either. Anyway, and so, and so, we need a lot of God. If you're anything like me, you need a lot of God's presence in your life, in your situation. You need God to show up in your marriage or in your career, on your job because you're working with some crazy folk. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need a lot of God to show up. But the problem is, is that when we start to worship, we come in and we give God a little praise. Well, when you give God a little praise, his, your praise builds the house for his presence in your life. So if you've given God a little praise, you get a little God. But if you decide I'm going to passionately Worship, I'm going to give God a great big praise. Somebody say great big praise. If I'm going to give God a great big praise, I'm going to get a great big God. Because I built him a great big house to live in. And most Christians I know, they walk in so concerned about everybody else around them. Well, I'm not going to do anything that's going to cause uh, draw attention to myself because I'm going to be reverent in the house of God. You know, I'm, I'm going to come in and, 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 and pastor may get up and he may be up there and lifting his hands and he may, be, he may even jump. He may get kind of crazy from now and, now and then and he may jump up and down and the worship team may be on the stage and they may be doing some stuff. But I'm not going to do that because I'm not comfortable. And what you do is you give him a little praise. We passionately worship because when we passionately worship, 
God shows up. Y'all with me? But there's a second reason in the why of worship. Because the the first reason, quite honestly, has uh, many times it has to do with you and I. I need God in my life. Therefore, I worship passionately. But the second reason we passionately worship is because when we passionately worship, others are freed. Are y'all with me? Go back to Acts chapter 16 because when Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, the prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was an earthquake and the Bible says that everybody's doors were open and everybody's chains were loosed. Now the fact of the matter, you might have walked in here not feeling like worship this morning. You may have walked in here not really expecting much. You may have walked in here not really sure what you were walking into. But if you walk in this morning and you start praising, I guarantee there's some folks sitting around you in this room that they walked in with some chains on their beings. Come on, they're wrapped up in some stuff they never should have been wrapped up in. They came out of some stuff from last night that they never should have been in. They, they, they're in a marriage right now that seems like everything's going wrong and they are waiting and expecting and looking for you to worship because when you worship, their chains fall off. We worship passionately. We passionately worship because when we do, God shows up. And when God shows up, other people are freed. <clears throat> I remember when I got saved, uh, uh, and I, you may not know this place, but in South Carolina there's a, a little camp called Camp Robinson. Anybody ever heard of Camp Robinson, by the way? Is it like a few of you? Okay. <clears throat> it's in the middle of nowhere. Like Nowhere. Like, uh, we, we would take cell phones out there, and it was useless. You might as well just trashed them because it nowhere, right? <clears throat> and, and I remember walking in as a 14-year-old boy, addicted to nicotine, addicted to some other stuff that I won't even name as a 14-year-old boy. And I remember sitting on the back row in a metal chair in what looked like a Boy Scout, Scout hut. Cinder block building. And the worship team worshiped and I sat there. I didn't worship. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get up and lift my hands. I didn't sing the songs. I just sat there. And then the Southern Baptist guy got up and he preached on the cross of Jesus Christ. And at the end of that message, because of everybody around me worshiping and him preaching an unapologetic message, my chains fell off. And at 14 years of age, I, I listen, I didn't make a decision for Jesus. I was converted. My life was changed. The addiction was broken in an instant. And I walked out of there completely different than when I had walked in. Because somebody... Worshipped. Here's the thing. Is if you get the why of worship, it changes your perspective. It's not about a song service. It's not about getting to the main event. But then you need to work on the when. 
Because for many folks, it's when things are going good. I went to work this week, this past week, and they walked in and they said, Hey, we recognized all the hard work you were doing. We've seen how, how good you've been doing, the productivity of your office. So we're going to give you a big old fat raise. It's easy to praise God in that. Well, hallelujah, I got more money in the bank. Praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying? But Acts chapter 16 says, But at midnight. It's the wind of worship that makes the difference. Because it's not only what you do or even why you do it, but when you add into the mixture the wind. And I found out that when I worship... When I worship, when I feel like it, and when I don't. When I want to lift my hands, and when I don't. Because here's the thing, Paul and Silas are sitting in a prison cell. Now, we think of prison cells like prison cells today, right? Like with 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 cable and HBO and, and, and three square meals a day and an and, and air conditioner and heater. You, you see what I'm saying? And, and while it's, while it's, it, it's inconvenient, uh, it's not like prison like Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas were thrown in the innermost prison, which means they were down in the basement of the prison where there were no bathrooms. The bathroom was the place where you were sitting. And so it, it, it smelled like human waste. And it was in at midnight. And, 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 and a lot of guys will equate that to the darkest hour. They were at the lowest point of their lives. When they could have been sitting there in their filth, in that mess, arms crossed, pouty faces. Y'all can tell I got kids, right? Pouty faces. Grown men don't talk like that until they have kids, right? Pouty faces. Angry. Upset. About the fact that they didn't really do anything wrong. They were just serving God. God, I don't deserve this. See, I don't know what you've gone through in this room. I don't know what some of you are currently going through, but I would dare say in a crowd this size that some of you are in the middle of something in this moment that you're sitting there and you're going, God, I've made some bad decisions in my life and I've done some things, but I don't deserve this. See, my family's experiencing that right now. <clears throat> right before my wife and kids and I went to leave Charleston yesterday to... To, to, to come down or to come up for the service. My wife was supposed to be with me. Um, we went to check on my, my brother-in-law and he, he has necrotizing pancreatitis and he's been in the hospital for 50, I think three days now. Uh, and he's vacillated between ICU and a step-down unit. <clears throat> Never gotten into a, a, an actual room. And, uh, and they went to check on him 
and uh, I, my mother is having surgery in Charleston as well on Monday, and so I was checking on her, and um, and 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 my wife texted me, and she said they're rushing him to ICU. Uh, and I said, why? And she said, well, there's apparently some internal bleeding that they're very concerned about. I said, really? She said, yeah. His stomach had filled with blood and they have no clue where the blood's coming from. <clears throat> so they were intubating him and they were doing some tests to try to figure out what was going on and they still haven't figured out where the bleeding's coming from. He's a good guy. He's a follower of Jesus. And I'm sitting back and we're going, God, he doesn't deserve that. His four-year-old daughter shouldn't be watching her father in the hospital go through this. Yet in the midnight I got up this morning before both of my boys got up and I just walked around our room and I worshipped. Not because I wanted something from God, just because He's worthy. And when I passionately worship, God shows up and others are free. So I'm going to do it when I feel like it. And I'm going to do it when I don't. I'm going to do it when things are going great. And I'm going to do it in my midnight hour. So I want everybody to bow your head and close your eyes. If you're in this room today, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Number one, if you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus and you're sitting there and you're listening to me and you're going, wow, Pastor, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't even feel worthy to worship because I have not, I, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. But you're in here and you go, Pastor, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior today. I want to commit my life to Him. I want to make a decision for Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. I'm not going to belabor this. I'm not going to draw it out, but I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I want you to Shoot your hand up as high as you can. Pastor, I want to accept Jesus today. One, two, three. If that's you, anybody in this building, I'm not going to belabor it. Is there anybody? Then number two, you're in this room and you're going, Pastor, I, man, I hear what you're saying. I'm going through some stuff right now and I just, I know I need to worship. And so as a worship team leads me in a song, will you, just, will you just pray over me? Pastor, I'm dealing with something and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose today to worship Him in the good times and in the bad. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up. One, two, three. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All over the building, all over the building. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to hand it to you. If that's you this morning, if you raised your hand, I'm praying for you specifically this morning. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for every person that boldly lifted their hand. And God, I don't know what they're going through, but I do know that in the midst of their situations, God, your presence makes the difference. And so, Father, I pray over them today that as they worship you, as they passionately worship you, God, would you show up 
And Father, whatever the chain is, would you break it off in Jesus' name. so glad you joined us today at the Radiate Church Podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry in any way, let us know. Send us an email at youmatter at radiatechurch.net to share how God is working in your life. Join us in reaching others by investing today at radiatechurch.net slash give. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive weekly messages delivered right to your phone. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.